You're listening to the 411 on Mousecapades Radio. It's my station. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Listeners, this is Vicki, and I'm here with Joey and one of my colleagues, Sarah, from the Your Story Travel Company. Joey's going to fill in for Stephanie because, drum roll please, Stephanie became a mommy again this past Friday. Um, we're excited for her. She had a little boy, which we did not know. It was a surprise. Um, I don't want to share anything else because I didn't get permission from her, but she's healthy, the baby's healthy, and they're both at home. But you can be saying some prayers for their family because the middle one has a fever. So Steph is quarantined in her room with her baby. And she's being fed. <laughs> Things have been, I guess, being brought to the door to her and dropped off. So she left the hospital to be with her family and had to quarantine as soon as she got home. Fun times. <laughs> we hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 698. You're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears. The Mousecapades Podcast. Today we'll be bringing you all the latest Disney rumors and news to help your week be a bit more magical. The Mousecapades Podcast is part of the Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, one of us would be glad to help. Just text us, Sarah, or my mom, Vicki, at 636-395-0544 or email us at yourstorytravel.com and we'll be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package, so contact us today. So lots of news this week, some good, some bad. I tried to, I think, filter in the bad with the good so that I know that one week I felt like we were given bad news all the whole time. Sometimes it's really good and then sometimes it's really bad. So hopefully I spread it out. But we have some speculating news from Disney. So this week they filed a new permit with Disney did with Orange County Comptroller's Office, extending the deadline to the work in on the World Celebration Area of Epcot through at least October of 2022. And if you don't know, that is the permit for the area of Journey of Water inspired by Moana and the festival area that they're building on right now, right behind the orb when you're entering the park. It's where all those lovely construction walls are. And while we don't know anything definitive, we do know that that is good until the end of October. So it's possible that the project could continue through that time, even though originally we were told this summer. What it, did you see any of it? Because you were there the most recent, Sarah. No, you can't see anything. They just filter you. I didn't know if you went in the, in the oh, um, no, 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 no. Everywhere we went was determined mostly by our children. So <laughs> th that's the, the flavor that this vacation took on. But whatever happens, I want the Epcot construction to end, end because... <laughs> It is not fun weaving your way around um, all of that. Although Joey really liked that part. I told him he was gonna, I was giving him a heads up, but I guess he forgot about it. Cause then we got in the park and I said, he's like, where am I headed? Cause he's the tall one. So we always put him in the front. <laughs> well, I'm sure you do the same thing with James. We always put yeah. Joey in the front because we know that we'll be able to see him above people if we need to. And yeah. I said, you're gonna go right. And this is gonna freak you out because you could never go that way before. And he's like, what? And I'm like, that is the seas right there. And he's like, I actually like this. It's way better. It's so much easier. You don't have to go through the middle. Also, I go first because any path that I carve, I'm the widest. So 
If I can fit through the path, they can. See, my husband is tall, but very thin. So I can see him, but we have a narrow walkway. <laughs> the good thing is my kids are also tall and thin. So um, we're all really good at like the bob and weave of crowd navigation. Which is becoming the norm. It's a talent. Yeah, it is a talent. If you can teach your kids, it was it was so funny when we were there. Um, we had we'd tell the kids like, okay, this is rope drop walk, and they'd know that means I'm walking as fast as I possibly can, like on the verge of power walking like the Olympics, and um, <laughs> and you have to like if it was rope drop walk like off the bus, that's one thing, but then actual rope drop like seven dwarves we would physically hold on to each other in a line because it's like it's hands out like people were elbowing to get in front of each other it was awful it was awful but anyways yes figure out how your family should walk through disney world and let us know Fair ahead <laughs> of time have practice it yes <laughs> well it seems that it's masks off at disney world masks are now optional at the parks while outdoor masking ended earlier in summer 2021, indoor face coverings remain the norm at Walt Disney World through the start of 2022. Effective this past Thursday, February 17th, masks became optional at Disney. Guests at Walt Disney World will still be required to wear face coverings on board enclosed transportation such as the Skyliner, buses, or monorails. Face coverings will also be required on the transport to and from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge for those staying at the upcoming Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. This is likely due to the TSA's mask mandate, which is in effect until March 18th, 2022. Disney will continue to use the honor system for guests when it comes to indoor masking and vaccination status. Guests will not be asked to show proof of vaccination at any Walt Disney World locations to be able to walk around mask-free. What do you think about the honor system? Well, the people that are going to lie about it are going to lie about it or, you know, not wear a mask when they should. Um... I don't know. I would hope that people are good at following the rules, but some people are and some people aren't. If the past is an indicator of that, I don't think that the entire customer base of Disney World is going to be great at following that rule. No. Yeah. And I will say, because I have some clients going in a couple months, I passed this news along to them. They were a little, you know, on the spectrum of mask wearing, they're more of the in favor of masks side of the group and I had to, I just told her I said you know when we were there it was crowded and we wore our mat even though we didn't have to we wore masks outside a good deal of the time unless we felt like we were far you know far enough away from other people that we were comfortable to take them off but even walking around a crowded Epcot or anywhere for that matter um it you know the mat we'd say okay masks on or you know, okay, now's a good time for a mask break. Everyone take some deep breaths. <laughs> and it worked for us. So I guess you just have to do what makes you comfortable. But as someone, uh, as a mom of a kid with asthma and wife of a husband with asthma, I hope that people still take it seriously. Yeah, that's what Kaylee was. She was very disturbed about the whole situation. She's just like, you know people are going to lie. And I'm like, well, we know people were lying before. So, I mean... I do think it's, they have made it a lot easier. Like, you don't have to forge any documents. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm vaccinated. And it's like, okay, come on in. So, we shall see. Our numbers are going down, so hopefully everybody's else, everybody else's are as well. 
Disney Genie Plus will no longer be available to purchase in advance for guests who are looking to purchase one-day tickets at Walt Disney World. Genie Plus, the newest paid FastPass system at Disney Parks, had its fair share of controversy among guests. Now guests who only want to go to Walt Disney World for one day won't be able to book Genie Plus in advance. Genie Plus currently costs $15 per person per day at Walt Disney World. If you are looking to purchase a one-day theme park ticket and utilize Genie Plus, Genie Plus must be purchased through the My Disney Experience app on the day of your visit. Multi-day tickets, however, can still have Genie Plus added on in advance. All about money. I know. Well, we could charge them $15, but what if even instead of charging them $15, let's require them buy an extra park ticket another $100 before they can spend that $15 ahead of time. Because if you don't get it ahead of time, you're not getting some of those big ride tickets. Oh, yeah. We found that out. Well, we found out the hardest thing is um, staying off property is not too bad for Genie Plus, but staying off property for individual attraction selection is somewhat impossible. Oh, yes. Well, we didn't get Rise of Resistance again. The only reason Joey, if you listened, was... Joey stayed after the park closed and he was already in line, so he got to ride it. So I skipped out on dinner for that one. Mm. I was too hungry. <laughs> I'd do it again. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we stayed on property, and when even when it came to some rides, like Slinky Dog, for example, Slinky Dog was gone in seconds. Right. So if you're wanting to take full advantage of Genie Plus, and individual attraction selection. I think staying on property helped, but rope dropping was the biggest help right. to us in general. Um, we rope dropped every day, every park, and except for one day at Epcot, and we were able to do at least two or three rides, but with only 30 minutes, that's about all you're gonna get. So you, it does require, to me, it requires more strategy than our prior system. Right. And, and somebody was talking about that on a vlog I was watching that they said, everybody said it was too planned before, but they're like, now I feel like it's planning, but on the fly. And she said, exactly. I don't like planning on the fly. I liked planning and getting there. And I know that was your fun part too with your spreadsheet, Sarah. So mm-hmm. I totally can relate to that. When you were doing the, the fast pass reservation 60 days in advance, yeah, you had to figure out your plan, but with dining you you kind of had it all set in place and then when you got there it wasn't like you just followed the plan and there was not a lot of thinking but now you have to do your genie plus in the morning and then however many hours ahead of time you need to do your mobile order for lunch or dinner or whatever it may be before the slots disappear and that was very stressful (laughs) i'm Every attempt for them to just change the system has showed time and time again that getting rid of a FastPass system would actually help a lot. Just getting Mm -hmm. rid of of that system entirely. Because when they got rid of it, the longest lines were at hour, hour and a half. Because they're having to filter in all those people. They have to filter all those people in. And then not only that, they're making it awful. Because either with the old system, you got to book it 60 days out. People that are coming once in a lifetime, they don't know that. Yeah. And then the people that do know that they're they're obviously getting their worth out of that system, but there are other people getting kind of the short end of the stick because of it. Mm-hmm. And now they're like they make it seem like it's on the fly, but you're 
it's not just like you go do something you want to do. It's like you have to very frantically put this together with the options you've got. It's just... Eh. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan. Well, hopefully it'll be tweaked before you get to go the next time because, holy smokes, I keep saying that. And I heard that they tweaked it in, in Paris, So and it started in Paris, so I'm hoping they're going to tweak some things for us. But, but I, I couldn't find anything on that, so... I'll tell you, this is a safe place, and to anyone that's listening, this is a safe place, but my family wants to go to that other park on our next trip, the one that we don't talk about. That should not be named? Yeah. <laughs> other park in Orlando is what she's talking about. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> He's with us now. He's like, oh, gotcha, gotcha. And right now, I'll tell you truthfully, their incentives to stay on property and go look a lot better than what Disney's doing. Well, and and we mostly talk about Disney on here, uh, listeners, but we can book that park as we well. We can. So, <laughs> yes, so, we can. So uh, maybe we should start our change our name to Mousecapades and more because we can book all kinds of things, not just Disney. It's just what we love. Mm-hmm. So on Saturday at the Magic Kingdom, guests were noticing that the speakers had been ad- added to the Fab 50 statues, at least at the Magic Kingdom. Um, that was where someone spotted them. And originally we had heard that those statues were going to be interactive, but I got to be honest, that was so long ago, I forgot about it. And so they have little black speakers that are down below the statues. So the first ones that this guest noticed was Mickey and Minnie, and they're just down below the statue. So somehow they're going to be interactive. They also spotted um, speakers by Pooh and Piglet, the Jacques and Gus Gus, which I apparently missed and need to make sure I take pictures of when I go in September. Um, it's in the Cinderella castle. Did you see that one, Sarah? No. <laughs> Again, we were not, my kids did not care very much to stop and look at the statues. Oh, no, it's totally fine. Yeah. I just never <laughs> thought to go in the, there and look. I mean, we even walked through at one point and kind of were showing my mom the mosaics and stuff. Mm, yeah. But didn't look for golden statues. So Jacques and Gus Gus are in there. They had speakers installed. They said that even Stitch had speakers, but Stitch's speakers are purple because they're above him on that purple wall. So they had Mm -hmm. to blend with the um, theming. But Pinocchio, Cogsworth, Lumiere, Lady and the Tramp, all of those statues at Magic Kingdom were spotted. They have speakers. So I couldn't find anything about what they're going to do. So I'm looking forward to that news so that we can share it with the listeners because hopefully it's something really cool. It would be cool if it was like um, Turtle Talk with Crush, but I mean, I know it's not the same effect. Like if the statues were like, hi there, man in a red blue hat, I mean, a red, <laughs> in a red hat. That would be, a, I feel like that would be a lot of behind the scenes cast members. <laughs> True. And we don't have money for that. Mm-mm. The iconic purple roadway signs were recently removed at Walt Disney World and replaced with blue ones, which we mentioned a couple weeks ago. More are still popping up around the resort, including the first new blue ones with Mickey Mouse ears on top, just like the overhead signs. Just like with the overhead signs, the first signs on the ground to be replaced are for the upcoming hotel, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. I don't know about you all, but I know that I am very unhappy with the signage change at Disney World because I love the purple signs. Definitely, definitely going to be missed. I think they stood out. I don't, I mean, we were on the buses most of the time. It's sort of hard to see a lot of the signage when you're on the bus, but um, I don't know. I'll have to see a picture. Well, so they're just this dull blue. But the Mickey ears are also dull blue. I think if they wanted to make those signs pop, they could have put black Mickey ears on top of those purple signs. I, I just, I don't understand the thought process. Mm-hmm. There seems to be so many other things that need to be fixed at Disney World. The signs 
other than changing the one that needed to be changed for the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser. Like they could have just added a sign. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe unnecessary. So according to Disgusting Films, Spider-Man No Way Home director John Watts is reportedly in talks to direct at least one episode for an unknown upcoming Star Wars series for Disney+. Plus. I'll take as many of these as I can get, honestly. Um, <laughs> the currently unannounced series is going under the working title of Grammar Rodeo, with production slated to begin this summer in Los Angeles. While we haven't been able to gather any concrete information on who will be writing this new project, we've heard from a handful of sources that John Favreau will be executive producing. Favreau, of course, is an executive producer and writer on The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, and will soon be additionally credited as an executive producer on Ahsoka, which is at the moment in pre-production for a filming starting within the next couple of months. Um, I was so excited. We're still watching... The book of Boba Fett. We took an Olympic break, and um, no spoilers. I know. Sorry. Okay. Okay. I just won't say anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I haven't. I haven't started it yet. I haven't even started it yet. Okay. But it, I. I just love it, and um, getting more of these is just great. Sources tell us that talks with John Watts on directing at least one episode of this mysterious Star Wars series are dependent on his busy schedule. Following the major success of Spider-Man No Way Home, which has currently earned over $1.8 billion at the worldwide box office. So, no spoilers for that, because I haven't seen that one. Um, Joey has. Very good. Good? Yes, he's. we have watched Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 now, and we have to watch two more, and then we get to watch it. Because they had never seen the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Mm, okay. So, we're working on it. We're going to rewatch the Andrew Garfield ones. Those are good. I like Andrew Garfield. I don't know. My favorite is our new fellow. I'm I'm definitely on board with that. Tom Holland? Oh, yeah. He's so good. In my opinion, each new Spider-Man series was better than the last. Yeah, I agree. The Tobey Maguire movies feel like they move so fast the whole time, and yet the movie takes forever. It just feels like it's forever, but then it never slows down. It's, <laughs> it's just weird. I know we were like 141 minutes. Holy cow. I don't know. I expect all Marvel superhero movies to be extremely long. If they're short, something's wrong. <laughs> so unfortunately, we have some sad news this week. David Brenner, the Academy Award-winning film editor, passed away at the age of 59, which is not that old. He had been working on the sequel to James Cameron's Avatar films before he passed away. And there is no nothing that I could find that said why he passed away. So that that was even more unsettling to me because 59 is a little too close to meet my age within 10 years anyway. So um, he won an Academy Award for his editing work on Born on the Fourth of July in addition to um, Avatar to begin with, the original one. He's also known for work on Pirates of the Caribbean, on Stranger Tides. They set up a GoFundMe page for his family. Obviously, it's for his wife and children, mostly because I guess he has younger children than it, and to help pay with their education. But they mostly said that they did it because they wanted people to realize how much David had touched people's lives. Uh, John Landau and James Cameron tweeted condolences out to David's friends and family, as well as we wanted to give our thoughts and prayers out in case he has friends and family listening because we are very sorry and we'll be praying for you because... 59 is very young and his editing skills will be lost yeah that's sad 
Well, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, Bob Chapek is not happy as being known as the bean counter that he is, or as we call him, Bob Paycheck. While price increases are normal, but lately they've been paired with penny-pinching policies, reductions in levels of service, and sometimes the outright removal of free benefits that guests have been appreciating for years. While Disney World guests are now paying more to get less, as many entertainment offerings and basic services have yet to return. Complimentary Fast Pass has been replaced with Genie Plus and Lightning Lane, which is $15 a day per person for the base level and can add up quickly for an average family. Food and beverage pricing resort-wide has been increased by as much as 15%, and Disney has made it clear they are aware of this public perception. Yup. Yeah, not cool, Disney. Instead of reversing these decisions or making guest-friendly changes to resolve the complaints, Chapek is instead focused on ignoring the past mistakes and creating a new legacy. His eyes are on the second of his, quote, three pillars, innovation. Chapek says he is leading the charge in untapped opportunities. But are these opportunities innovation? So far, I would say no. <laughs> Do they go along with Disney cohesive, with the Disney cohesive brand? Chapek is hoping these successful ventures will bring about record profits, thereby creating a new legacy. If he succeeds, what will happen to the Disney that we all know and love? Will these successes offset the goodwill that Disney used to provide? Or is Chapek tarnishing years and years of Disney history for his own sake? We know that the Disney board voted no confidence in Bob Chapek. Retired cast members started a petition against Chapek and shareholders are unhappy with Chapek's leadership. I would say people like us that love Disney are definitely feeling his legacy in a negative way. <laughs> I love how he's like, I'm not here to focus on the past. It's like, what do you mean? Fo you made a mistake in the past that you can literally fix right now and you're refusing to do it. And instead saying, look at the pillars. It's like, Disney's been innovating for years. It's not you. Yeah. It's nothing to do with paycheck. Disney, to me, Disney's Disney's legacy is that welcoming nostalgia that you get when you come to the parks and the magic that is created. And he has done nothing but take that magic away bit by bit by bit. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like we've talked about it so much. I know. And I apologize. No, it it's okay. Another story brought forward and I'm like... It's so okay. You're not making yourself any better here. <laughs> no. Um, so if he continues in this vein, yes, I think people will still go to Disney. But like I've said, my family is ready to try something else. Which is so sad. And I may have said this before, so I apologize, listeners, if I have. But Sarah, have you ever seen The King and I? Oh, yes. Which version? <laughs> <laughs> well, the original, of course. But he reminds me, his pictures... Oh, of, <laughs> of the king of Siam. Like, okay. It's all about him. I don't know. I find Yul Brenner much more appeasing. <laughs> That's really sad. <laughs> that is a very sad statement, Sarah. I will leave that there and move on. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. There's nothing wrong with Yul Brenner. The character I meant. Neither of them have any hair. I meant the facial expressions in his pictures okay. remind me of Yul Brynner's <laughs> facial expressions in the movie itself, where he, he was the king, and this is how it was going to be, and pretty much if nobody else liked it, tough toenails, there's the door. That's how I, and, and I, and I was in that performance in, in college too, and the mm -hmm. guy that they chose couldn't have been more dead on. Mm. 
So I think that that's maybe why I'm relating to it so much, but. Well, what is her name? We need an- Anna. Anna Leah Owens to bring him back to reality. That's right. And let him know the importance of Disney. We should talk about The King and I sometime. Yes. Uh, I didn't know anyone else has the same love for it that I do. I was the 13th wife. Oh, you concubine Vicky. Yes, I know. <laughs> you know, that was long before I was married. My husband took me to see the um, Broadway version. Oh, cool. So this week, going along with the pain, <laughs> Disney released the ticket prices for 2022, which is really not a shock to us because they've been increasing every year. Um, you can find the full list if you Google prices for 2022 for Disney World. Um, but I was just giving you an overview. They didn't really change from uh, one day to three day park tickets, but there was about a $14 increase from um, four day prices on. And then there was about 16 to $19 increase for five day base ticket price. And then there was a 19 to $27 increase for a six day base ticket price, which kind of was weird to me because usually I felt like it went down, but I guess not. Um, sorry. I'm not gonna continue because it went all the way up, I think to 14 days. It's painful enough just knowing that there's a price increased unless you've already booked your trip. Then you're locked in whatever prices, which is nice because I had already booked my trip. But nonetheless, there is the prices. Uh, the Disney company, I hope, is gonna use some of this money to compensate their cast members more appropriately. That's my opinion. I don't know this for a fact. I'm stating that's what I would like to see happen. Those people work so hard and they are Disney. They, they are what makes Disney still magical. I mean, there's stuff going on, but they do their best to try to make us feel the magic still. And I just want them to be recognized for that. Because these people behind the scenes that are making all these decisions, they're not making the magic. And I don't, I don't want it to go away. Again, this is just Vicky's two cents. I also think it's interesting that they're increasing the pricing more on the longer trips. I thought they tried to keep the longer you stay. I thought they tried to keep the price down per day mm -hmm. so that you'd want to stay longer and spend more money. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. So I, I found that really interesting when I was looking at the range. There's a big, long range. It goes all the way to 14 days, which yeah. I guess is the most most people will stay. I don't know. I'm still like, you're increasing the prices and we're getting what? A hard time. We're getting things taken away, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, this week, Disney gave guests and guest hopefuls a preview of what they can expect if they visit the Galactic Star Cruiser. The cruise has been set between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, just like the story of Galaxy's Edge. One image shows guests doing bridge training with a space battle happening outside. Guests in the video were shown wearing masks. The video release shows a droid greeting guests as they board the Star Cruiser. The story covers the anniversary cruise of the Halcyon, which has been restored to its original glory and is following its original flight plan to Batu. Chewbacca was shown helping young guests, maybe with resistance work. A droid visits guests in the dining room. A couple of the shots showed stormtroopers. As the opening gets closer, we are sure Disney will release more teasers. That was the video. Did you see that video? I haven't seen it yet. It did make it look fun, but that's a lot of money, so it better look fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you better get something out of it. Um, I know a couple trips ago, we were in Hollywood Studios and were at the store near the, I think it's one near Star Wars Launch Bay, and um, R2-D2 was in the store, and my kids got so excited. Actual, like, life-size R2-D2, and we could see a guy, you know, off to the side, a cast member who was helping R2-D2 
react <laughs> to what my kids were doing and they loved it so i i mean anytime you get to interact with a droid i think it's amazing yeah i i think it's interesting that they've chosen the time that they did because most of the really hardcore star wars fans have kind of written off the sequels like the the ones since disney's taken over specifically they kind of disowned it because they didn't like what they did because the first of the three sequels everyone loved and then they kind of just went downhill from there and i think that they could have made a lot more money going off of any of the tv shows they've come out with so far since they since disney took over because every single one of those tv shows has been a huge success and choosing to go off of the sequel movies that <laughs> just didn't do that well was very interesting i think they were already sort of they, they they were pretty committed at this yeah, point. Yeah, they were committed at this point with Galaxy's Edge. They wanted to keep Galaxy's Edge in the same timeline as the hotel, and mm -hmm. they've already got they had they've been doing Galaxy's Edge. I think before, when during the filming of Last Jedi was when they started working on Galaxy's Edge. It's been it was a while. while. It's been a while. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it feels as if Disney is downplaying the Galactic Star Cruiser experience the closer it gets to its launch date. This week, data bands have been replaced by the Magic Bands name, which we find interesting because data bands complies better with the Star Wars theme. I will say that when we were in Galaxy's Edge and um, made some purchases via Magic Bands, they just referred to them as data bands. Oh, the okay. The cast members did. So I imagine they would do the same thing if you had them there. Well, that's good. So it's like, oh, you want to use credits from your data band? Okay, you know, that that sort of language. That's good. Um, so, I, yeah, like I said, I would think they would do the same thing. Previously, the um, What's Included list said exclu exclusive Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser data band known on your home planet as Magic Band. So <laughs> it's just going to be a Magic Band with the Star Cruiser on it, I guess. Right. It now just lists exclusive Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Magic Band. Um, when guests were asking what a data band was and why it was important, the Star Cruiser site stated that it could be used as a room key, photo pass, dining, and to purchase souvenirs. However, if this is all-inclusive, why would guests need this band for dining? There are so many unanswered questions. We just hope that guests feel like they got their money's worth when it is all said and done. I mean, my guess is this was, you know, this is always just a magic band. It just had a different name, but, you, you know, I, I, get, I imagine that most people would do this trip in conjunction with a longer stay. I know that seems crazy with the price, but if you're in that case, you would probably be able to use your data band for the, your whole trip is my guess, but. I mean, the people that are going on this are going to be either people that are really throwing a lot of their percentage of their income into it or you make so much money that you could afford to do this and more because if like I, I don't see too many people looking at this price tag and going i could if i could do a 10-day vacation or i could do a two-day thing with the star wars <laughs> if if you're not going to do more than just those two days because you can only if you do those two days you can only afford those two days i don't know too many people that would make that choice over over the, the a huge vacation like that i just feel like it wouldn't hurt them because we know how much, approximately Joey broke it all down about how much it costs to make a magic band to let people design their own magic band as soon as they board that cruise. Like, if you want one that has BB-8 or you want one that has a lightsaber or you want one with Chewbacca on it, I think equally that easily could have been part of that cost. 
the RFID chips in there that like all the, the thing that you use to pay for things and that you use for pretty much every bit of function that it, that it uses those RFID chips at most cost about 12 cents per chip now there's another chip inside that's a long range RFID chip and that's what lets you see your name on small world and stuff like that and that is like it could be up to like I think it was 60 cents a chip but even then they're buying them wholesale so it's going to be cheaper and they're upcharging a what is essentially a one dollar product up to what ten dollars or something like that and more the cheapest one now is fifteen dollars and they're phasing out the, the base solid. colors yes they're phasing out the base colors why because they can get people to pay more money because two clients ago i gave that as part of their package and i noticed that the colors had gone down to like five colors but they were fine with it they picked the colors they wanted this last time i went on there the only solid color that's left is raspberry I wonder if they were unavailable when you looked because there were a, a lot of solid colors available for our trip. No, I know. This just happened in the last two oh, weeks. Oh, okay, okay. They need to get rid of that pink sparkly one because you had a big problem with Alice and Kaylee, yeah. had, and Kaylee had a problem. So so this was pretty exciting. Lin-Manuel Miranda um, had recently shared a vision for Encanto as an attraction for the Disney parks. And when they interviewed him, he, um, he was asked, if you'd like to see it as a ride in like a Columbia section of the World Showcase at Epcot. And he responded by saying that he had taken his family to Disneyland prior to the pandemic. And when he was riding Adventures of the Little Mermaid five times, <laughs> he was imagining people riding in and out of the casitas as they watch the characters and how they respond to the environment. And Joey is still not seeing this movie. We will make time, Joey, I promise. Um, he spoke to Chapik about it and he said, I know there's a world in which this casita lives in a theme park and we got to we get to actually walk through it in real life. He also pointed out that there could be a second movie, a TV series, or even a stage adaptation for Encanto. Um, he also mentioned that it may be years before Encanto comes to the park. This was Miranda, of course, because he said Moana is an older movie and its attraction is still under construction and just got extended, as we mentioned earlier. Gonna have to wait and see for sure. I think that would be a really cool idea. Yeah. Even like, I'm imagining at, um, not that this should be at Animal Kingdom, but the bird the bird show at oh, Animal yeah. Kingdom, how it's an outdoor theater. And yeah. I can imagine the casita in front of you and there'd be um, performers interacting with the casita telling some sort of story. I think that would be really cool. It would. I don't see it as much as a, a ride-through attraction and more of something like that, more like a staged show. Either way, I think it'd be good. Oh, yeah. Let me see this movie. <laughs> that Bruno song's getting up there of all time in Disney's songs. It's like third right now. It's one of the songs in Lion King is second, and then like, uh, what is Aladdin? it? Aladdin? No. A Whole New World is number one. Aladdin, yeah. We sing it in my house. That's right. Oh, yeah. Marvel has grabbed the directing duo of Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead for season two of Loki. The first season was a huge hit and immediately signed on for a second season. The first season was directed by Kate Heron, however she bowed out of being part of the second season. Benson and Moorhead had previously worked on The Twilight Zone and Archive 81. They directed two episodes of the upcoming Moon Knight series and reportedly so impressed Marvel that they were brought into Loki. What do you think about it? I don't know. I'm looking forward to Moon Knight and I loved Loki. So why not? I'll be positive about this. <laughs> I cannot tell you a single thing about Moon Knight in the trailer. I just remember I saw it and it looked really good. Yeah. I don't know. It's Oscar Isaac. So 
Yay! <laughs> Oscar Isaac. I know him from somewhere. Where do I know him from? Um, Star Wars, Dune. <laughs> what is he playing? Is he Poe? Poe Dameron, and he's the dad in Dune. Yes. Yeah, I love that movie. Okay. There's a place in my heart. I see that going well. Yeah. Great news. John Williams, famous American composer, has returned to the Star Wars universe by creating a theme for the new series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yay! Which will be debuting on Disney Plus on May 25th. So excited. Williams has written the musical signature for the continuing adventures of the character played by Ewan McGregor, airing on Disney Plus beginning May 25th. He recorded last week with the Los Angeles Orchestra under tight security. This is a coup for both Lucasfilm and Disney, considering the five-time Oscar winner rarely composes for television. Williams' last theme for a weekly dramatic series was Amazing Stories in 1985. Although he has written two for PBS series, Masterpiece Theater in 2000, Great Performances in 2009, and his news and Olympic themes, written decades ago, continue to air on NBC. Williams, who turned 90 oh my gosh, on February 8th, is remarkably busy. There is no doubt that this music will be as beloved as many of Williams' works that have been composed during his lifetime. He is truly a composing genius. If you have not... Go on to Wikipedia or somewhere and look up John Williams and look at everything that he has composed and you will be blown away. E.T., Jurassic Park, Jaws. Joey's a big fan, so I knew every, he'd be just excited. Every single one just keeps hitting. Harry Potter, Star Wars, just... And it's all, it's all good. It's all good. And, and like, because I remember at one point I was watching Home Alone and I was list, I was just actually listening to it like very carefully, and I just went, "This kind of sounds like something John Williams would write." And my dad kind of looked over at me like, "Yeah," because, That's he, because wrote he, did. He, he wrote it. He wrote it. Yeah. Well, and if you didn't know, um, his son Joseph Williams, um, he's the lead singer of Toto. <laughs> uh, found that out. Just really? That's night. crazy. Yes. <sighs> found that out last night thought it was very interesting that is but crazy i am very happy to see he's going to be writing original themes for kenobi because every like the, the like the star wars fandom is really looking forward to obi-wan kenobi because ewan mcgregor is amazing as obi-wan and I, I, that's very exciting I, I i'm not sure who has done the music for the other series i'd be interested to look that up michael but I giacchino know. was doing music on some of them he, he did the music oh, okay. for he did the music for, um, not Solo. What's the other one? Rogue One. Oh, okay. He he like he he wrote that like the uh, the Vader scene at the end of that. Mm-hmm. He wrote the music for that and most of the movie. Whoever did the music for the Mandalorian series, I love that music. I'm looking it up while you guys yes. talk Star Wars. It sounds like it's the perfect like space meets Wild West music that you want for that <laughs> series. I forget who it was. But I've watched a video by this person because they were talking about how they were playing on like a wood recorder to be because they wanted it to be like a tribal sound. Mm-hmm. And they were just playing fifths because that's like the most natural interval. And it, that's so that's what it is, is just. Yeah. It's so good. And that's like, that's it. So I can't let the listener see this guy's name is Ludwig Zorensen, but I'm going to share it with you guys because. The look of him is just surprising to me. This is the guy. He looks mm-hmm. artistic. No, he does look artistic, but he looks like he's from the 70s. I mean, I'm not saying that to be ugly. He just looks like he fits that genre 
his styles, his fashion choices are also lining up with the 70s. Yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, but this is who did it. I don't know, it's awesome. Kudos to him. The music was so good. I'm very much looking forward to the Obi-Wan show. I need to watch yeah. Bad Batch and I need, to f I need to finish Rebels, watch Bad Batch, watch <laughs> Boba Fett. I've got a lot to catch up on. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. We gotta do a little catch up too. Well, we've had all these snow days yet. Never use them for those kinds of things. Although Joey did have to go to work when we had snow days, so. Well, thank you for joining us. If you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com or text us at 636-395-0544. If you would like to book a trip or just want a free quote, you can text us, Vicki or myself, Sarah, at 636-395-0544 or email us at yourstorytravel.com. Just a reminder that a $200 deposit will hold your resort and ticket package reservation. So reach out today. Be sure to listen to Friday's show. This week, Mom will be chatting with her client Gina about her most recent trip to Disney World in January. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, I think it's about that time. Disney love. May all your dreams come true. No capes. Have a magical day, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>